The Maker's House Chapel International presents Destiny Word with Dr. Michael Buidinyamitek. God has destined for each and every one of us to live a life of purpose, a life of abundance, and a life that pleases Him. Dr. Michael Buidinyamitek's mandate is clear. He's equipped to raise destiny giants for our time, equipped with the wisdom and anointing for a time such as now. Please stay tuned in to Destiny Word. Ancient of days, hallelujah. That's who I am. Just let me be who I am to you. Can you look at somebody? Just allow God to be who he is to you. Come on, look for three people. Tell them neighbor. Oh, neighbor, just allow him to be who he is unto you. Can you look for somebody that you've never even spoken to before and tell the person, neighbor, I'm talking to you. Just allow him to be who he is unto you. Is there anybody who believes you serve a living God, a great creator, the great I am? Hallelujah. Amen. Now that the experience haze is over and you are back to earth, would you please lift up your Bible and say, this is my Bible. It is the word of God. I'll go where it says I can go. I'll be where it says I can be. I will achieve what it says I can achieve. Slap your chest and say, I am a believer. Come on, do it again. Say, I am a believer. Amen. I want to invite your attention to the book of St. Luke's gospel. The gospel according to St. Luke, chapter number 7, if you may. A gospel as written by the physician Luke, chapter number 7. I still want to talk about Jesus. I still want to stress on who he is. Because after it's all said and done, it's about him. And no matter how we try to push doctrine, the Christ remains the Christ. I try to talk about other things that are to aid in church growth and development. We might talk about the underpinnings of commitment and following and all of that, but it all comes back to the Christ. The purpose for our gathering is not so that we can probably uh, ease our boredom, but we are here so that we can praise him and lift him up. That the whole world will know that he died and the cross is empty. And the tomb is vacant. And that he reigns and lives forevermore. In the book of St. Louis Gospel, chapter number 7, if you found it. It talks about Jesus being confronted with a centurion servant. Because the servant was ready to die, but 
The master did not want the servant to die because the servant was dear unto him. It's amazing that when you get to the verse number 11, that's where I want to preach to you from. And I want us to look at it from three perspectives. And it came to pass, if you are in your Bible, from the King James Version I read. And it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Charming or Beautiful or Nain in the native language. And many of his disciples went with him and much people. Now when he came now unto the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out. The only son of his mother. And she was a widow. And much people of the city was with her. It's amazing that when you are on your way out, you have a lot of sympathizers. But not many people can transform your life. People surround themselves with sympathizers, not transformers. We'll get there. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, Weep not. And he came and touched the casket or the coffin or the bear. And they that bore him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. And he delivered him to his mother. And there came a fear on all. And they glorified God, saying that a great prophet is risen up amongst us. And that God has visited his people. I want us to pray. Heavenly Father. We know the grass will wither, the flower will fade, but your word will abide forever. We pray that in this time you've given to us, O oh God, to share and to fellowship, O oh God, under your feet. You'll give us a word that works. Anoint these lips of clay, O oh God. Think through my mind. Speak with my mouth. And bring a word in season to somebody's life. To the end, we'll walk out of this place knowing we had an encounter with you. In the name of the one who rules, reigns, and has regency, Christ Jesus the son of the living God, we have prayed. Amen. Look at somebody and tell the person, don't give up yet. If Jesus is in the picture. Look at somebody and tell the person, if Jesus is in the picture, you don't have to give up yet. Come on, look for another person and say, when Jesus shows up, crazy things happen. Can you look for three people and tell them, neighbor, when Jesus shows up, crazy things happen. Now, if you've done that, could you please take your seats? I want to welcome all of you back from experience. And um, those were great meetings we had in this place. Awesome times where we had the Holy Spirit visited, visiting us in manifold dimensions. 
It was beautiful that everybody who came to speak did touch on the essence of commitment to God. And now we ought to follow him and follow the Holy Spirit, follow Christ. But it's also interesting that although we talk about following the Holy Spirit, we fail to appreciate that without the passing of the Christ, there can be the manifestation of the Spirit. Until you know Jesus, you can't know his Spirit. Nobody can know him except the Spirit of him. It is only through his Spirit that we know him. Without the Spirit of the Christ, there is no way you can have any relationship with the Christ. It is the Christ that gives us uh, the foretaste. He said, I leave you, but I won't leave you as orphans. I'll send you the Holy Ghost, the paraclete, or the paracletos, the force to come and help you. And so until you know him, his promise, that is the Holy Spirit, is not made manifest unto you. It's amazing that you read the epistles and it talks about the Holy Spirit being the gift to the Gentiles. Well, if you look at it myopically, you begin to think in that regard, but you have to see it as the portal or the gateway into experiencing who this Christ is. Jesus came on earth, did many mighty things. He, he served his generation well. Look at somebody and say he served his generation well. Uh, look at another and say you need to serve your generation well too. Can you look at another and say neighbor? You need to serve your generation well. Jesus served his generation well. He did. He came. He was born as man but fully God. Fully God and yet fully man walked on the face of the earth, did many mighty things. But today I want to share with you the three dimensions of the test that we just read so we can quickly get out of your space. The Bible says that Jesus was entering an obscured city. The city had no reference point. It was about two miles down Galilee. It was not a place where people were recognized because there was nothing happening there. It's amazing that, that the scripture is very emphatic on that point of scripture because it tells you that even in obscure places, Jesus can still visit people. It was named a place where nobody would go, a place with no address, and hitherto that name was never mentioned. There was no activity going on there, but Jesus decided to go to a place where there was no activity because if the Christ shows up in a place, even though it is a dead place, there is always a life that God will inject back into the place. And I just came before I even get into my sermon to pray that wherever you were locked up, wherever you were trapped, and wherever you find yourself that there was no activity, Activity in your sphere of life may the Lord show up in that particular place where you find yourself because when Jesus shows up there is no place called a dead place Jesus is going into Nain I thank God that he can look for places and visit places even though the places were obscure uh, is it not strange that God will look down the city and the hill of Kumasi and find a place called Swami and pick a boy who will be in a place called a Zongo community Jesus can visit a place that is obscure is it not strange that your village is not even named on the map of Nigeria or on the map of Ghana 
corner and yet God looked beyond where people were and picked you from that obscured place. May the Lord God pick somebody who is coming from an obscured place. Jesus is able to visit places even though people regard those places as obscured places of no repute places that people don't know places that people will not say is a place for the bourgeois jesus when he's looking for people does not only go to the east legons jesus doesn't only visit um the cantonments of the labonis or the upper hills jesus can visit somebody in imbise jesus can visit somebody in my village jesus can visit anybody anywhere anytime have you not read before that the bible talks about it in the book of us that this god can visit anybody anywhere anytime said but there is a god who in every nation it means he is no respecter of nations and every tribe god does not look for who is an ashanti or ever or Ibo or uh, dagomba or or europe jesus doesn't look at that jesus does not consider race he doesn't consider gender why because he is the god of all flesh and when he decides to pick a man he doesn't consider where the person is coming from may the lord visit you wherever you are and may the lord god download something heavy on your life he was entering Nain and the scripture says when he was entering Nain Nain simply means charming Nain means beautiful it was beautiful but obscured is it not strange that there are people who are pregnant with greater destinies and yet their destinies have been shrouded in obscurity is it not interesting that there are people that if God is to give you um, um, an endoscopy of what they carry, you realize that there are people who are pregnant with greater destinies and yet people don't know them. People don't even recognize them. People don't respect them because people can't see beyond the physical. But I came to announce to somebody that God has placed something bigger on the inside. Can I pray and prophesy to somebody's life? You carry something that is heavy and you are carrying something that will serve your generation. You might be carrying something and yet people look at somebody and say, take a critical look at me because you are sitting by somebody who is going somewhere and there is something that I carry and in the fullness of time you will see that God was preparing me behind there can you look at somebody and tell the person I am a super duty person that God is preparing to deploy I, I the, the city was called beautiful and yet people did not know about it. Carrying greater destiny. And yet unknown. And the Bible says. While Jesus was entering. Into this city. There was a procession. People were coming out. Of the city. But they were not coming with testimony. They were coming. With a bad report. They were not carrying. Good news. They were going into a cemetery. They couldn't bury destiny in name. 
maybe let me hold for a minute. Destiny in itself and the city's destiny was such that it was supposed to hold and keep and have things that were pleasurable and nice. So if anything dies or is unworthy of the city, it's normally carried out. Now that is the history. I'm not just trying to extrapolate. That was the historicity of the test. That anytime something that is unwanted happens in name, it shouldn't stay in name. Now what it tells you is that as far as your destiny is concerned, God will always purge you. Let me help you. God will find a way to purge you of things, habits, and people that are not supposed to be in your life's purpose. So oftentimes, God will fund some people out of your life. God will fund certain habits out of your life. God will have to fund and clap out certain traits and characters and, and things out of your life. Why? Because this God does not want that greater destiny to harbor anything that is unwanted. So when anything dies in name, it's carried out of name. And whilst they were on procession out, the Bible says Jesus was coming in and there was a meeting. Is it not strange that no matter what happens to us, Right about the time that the devil thinks life is over, Jesus will always intercept and Jesus will always show up before they turn their backs. Can I pray for somebody real quick? Wherever they thought you were going to, may your Jesus, my Jesus, our Jesus, may Jesus show up and may Jesus begin to do new things with our lives. I'm going to hurriedly get out of my introduction because I want to share three points from that scripture. Jesus meets them when they were on their procession. Please don't forget that hitherto, before they will carry that dead body out, it means the eulogy had been preached. The songs had been sung. People had come to give their testimonials. People have spoken all the nice things. If the guy was an Ashanti boy, I know what would have been said about him. I definitely know that in our tradition and culture, they say when somebody dies, you don't say any bad thing about the boy. So even if the boy was insolent, they would say the boy was a good boy. He was a good kid. Everybody would try to say nice things about the boy. Why? Because they are afraid of ghosts. Because if you don't say good things about the dead boy, maybe the ghost will come back to hunt you. So I believe everybody was saying nice things about the ghost. Everybody was saying nice things. Until they had said to themselves, now we are done with him. Let us find a place not to keep, but to dump. Because it is a place people don't just visit. So let's go and drop the boy there. Whilst they were on their way to the cemetery, the Bible says Jesus meets them. And the first thing Jesus said was, weep not. Why? Because the Bible says when Jesus saw the mother, Jesus had compassion. 
it is strange the reason why there are no more miracles in the churches of jesus christ these days is because in the church of jesus christ now there is no compassion if pastors are not compassionate if prophets are not compassionate if apostles are not compassionate if ministers of the gospel are not compassionate and all that they want is to make money out of the people how can the power of god break loose in the church of god the only time the power of god will operate fully in the church of jesus christ is when the body of christ becomes compassionate one more time Compassion is not pity talking. Compassion is not sitting on the fence and telling somebody everything is going to be all right. Compassion is not talking about what you will do. Compassion is an intrinsic value that bubbles out of the soul of a man until it becomes part of the human's thinking that you become obsessed and possessed with the thought and the predicament of the person until you get to a place where you ask yourself what can i do to make this condition better that is what we call compassion the bible says that when jesus saw that i the first point i want to raise in that test is that we have a god who is affected by the predicament of his people when jesus saw the condition of the woman why was the condition pitiful jesus saw her and knew that this is not the first time the woman is going to the cemetery the woman had had an issue like that before why are you saying that young man because the bible says the woman is a widow it means that the woman had buried the husband and is now about to bury the only son and if the woman is going there again scripture had been broken why because the bible says affliction shall not rise again the second time and so God knew that at this point I need to do something that only God can do and Jesus had compassion is it not strange that we have a God who whatever we feel he feels the same thing if I am hungry my God feels hungry if I am sad he feels sad I came to tell somebody that you serve a God who is affected by your predicament can you look at somebody and tell the person he's affected by your predicament Oh, I wish I could get a preacher in the house. Tap somebody and say, neighbor, oh neighbor, your Christ, your Jesus, my Jesus, our Jesus is affected by our predicament. Whatever you feel, he feels it too. Can you tap somebody and tell the person, whatever you feel, he feels it too. Jesus saw the woman Bible says he had compassion. The womb that births miracles is compassion. If you really want to be a person that God uses, you have to have compassion. Without compassion, there won't be that force. Compassion is the birth canal for everything miraculous. Compassion is the vessel that ferries the natural into the supernatural. Compassion is when you have the heartbeat of God. When you become obsessed, possessed by the things that touches the heart of God. 
We say you are compassionate. Jesus looked at a woman and said, weep not. And anytime you read that portion of scripture, if you are um, an inquisitor like I am, when I'm reading my Bible, you'll begin to question why you say to a woman who is in this kind of situation to weep not. Please don't forget that hitherto, Jesus had never met the woman before, neither had the woman ever met Jesus before. And so the woman, I believe, will be saying, are you out of your mind? Are you crazy? I just lost my only boy, my only child. My husband just died. I'm here burying my son and you are telling me not to weep. You will say that if you, are the, if you were to be in the shoes of the woman until you know who said it. Because if the woman had known that the one giving the command or giving the statement or saying weep not was the captain of Israel's host, was the one who was, is, and is to come, was the Alpha and Omega. If the woman had known that this is the one who says that, and let me be who I am to you. I am the one who created the universe. If the woman had known, I think the woman would have just given an offering for just saying weep not. Because anytime Jesus makes such a statement, it means something is about to go down. Can I... Can, can I, can I backslide? Anytime Jesus makes such a remark, it means finally it's about these people are holy. They don't understand. Let me speak to people who are let me speak to let me speak to people who are in my league. When Jesus says weep not what jesus is meaning is finally it's about whatever jesus has said about your life i came to make an announcement in the realm of the spirit that something is about to go down with your life something is about to begin when jesus make such a statement somebody who knows the end from the beginning if he meets the woman and says weep not it means he has already finished the course before he met them before Jesus came there, Jesus knew that there is a dead boy coming. Jesus knew that there is going to be a resurrection. Jesus knew that the resurrection is not going to come because the mother is crying or the mother believes. But Jesus knew that at this point, they don't even need the rhetoric. All they need is the display of power. May the Lord bring you to the place where he will display. Can, this place is too weak for me. Can, can I talk to somebody who is a believer here? May Jesus display his power through you in these times. In this season and time we find ourselves therein. May Jesus display the fullness. Check scripture out. Jesus says, weep not. The woman 
and said no word. What it can tell you, of course, we say that anytime you see the anonymity of a, of a writer or a character in a test, it suggests the inclusiveness of the writer. What it tells you is that if the writer does not give a name, it means anybody's name can be, can be fixed in there. But watch the test. The woman did not answer. Jesus did not get upset. It might mean or presuppose that the woman said nothing because the woman had no faith in what Jesus had said. Or you're saying that, you know what? I'm tired. My, my, my husband left me. The breadwinner is also taken away. And all that you are saying is weep not. But check the scripture. The first point I said was that this God is affected by our predicament. Jesus now placed a hand on the buyer or the casket or the coffin, not the body. Because Christ does not attack the person. He attacks what holds the person. Anything that has been holding you, may the Lord God break those shackles. Can I, can I, can I prophesy to somebody? Whatever has been holding you bound, whatever has kept you from manifesting, whatever has kept you from shining, I just came to talk about this same Jesus. May the Lord God place his hand on what has been holding you and may the Lord break it loose from you. In the mighty name of Jesus, whatever had held you, Jesus placed his hand on the casket because it is the casket that at that time is holding the destiny of the boy. The hand is on it. Jesus is no more speaking to any other person but said, young man, arise. Do you know why? Because of the idiosyncratic nature of destiny let me help you he spoke to the boy not the carriers not the mother because when it comes to destiny it has no relations it is you and you alone i just came to speak to a destiny in this house that whatever had been holding you bound from today we speak to your person we speak to your destiny and we say arise from that I hear the Lord saying to me right now that greater destinies are rising up. Giants are being birthed right now. CEOs are rising. Apostles are rising. Evangelists are rising. Pastors are rising. Group leaders are... God. The Bible says, and he said, young man, arise that's my second point i want to raise before my time is done the first point is that he is affected by our predicament the second point jesus said arise and the young man instead of lying sat on the bed this same god is able to adjust our position and I will explain the first point is that he is affected by our predicament the second point is that he is able to adjust 
our position what it means is that before jesus came the boy was lying down when jesus showed up the boy changed his position it has always been happening throughout scripture there is nobody that had ever met jesus and remained in that same position whoever missed this christ his position is adjusted i don't know the position you find yourself in but may the jesus our christ our lord adjust every position you find yourself in maybe people call you a poor person we adjust your position they call you a sickler we adjust your position they say you can never rise we adjust your position there is nobody that has risen up in your family we adjust your position look at somebody and say this Jesus is able to adjust our position I wish you could look for three people and tell them that for me tell three people tell three people tell three people say neighbor oh neighbor this Jesus is able to adjust our position have you not heard that the Bible says there was a man that has been blind lame all of that by the pool that had many infirmities around and the bible says that the position of the boy was always to be there 30 and 80 years he was lying by the pool but the position never shifted there were people who could carry him to the pool but they could not change his position until jesus showed up and said this is not where i'm going to leave you and jesus touched the same position and adjusted may the lord adjust your position i don't want to know what they have said about you may Jesus adjust your position he, ne he never leaves people the way he found them he never if he meets you broke he takes your poverty and gives you his wealth if you are sick he says, I bore your grief. The chastisement of your peace is upon me. When people are giving you hell, Jesus says, come unto me, all ye that are heavily laden, and I will give you. Do you know that the only one that can give you rest true peace is not found in living in a penthouse true peace is not found in living in villaggio or airport hills or trasaco or living in beverly hills or living in fairfax county in virginia or living anywhere uh, even if they place you side by side number 10 down in street Oh, you buy an apartment, number one Hyde Park. Why you buy an apartment for 30 million pounds? There are people who have apartments there and they go there once a year for three days. 30 million pounds, once a year monument. And they live there three days and they leave. Check this out. That will not bring you rest. The only one 
that can give you peace is Jesus the one who was is and is to come it is not in the house you have built or the car you drive because you have no idea some people are driving in Rolls Royce and yet they can't sleep at night true peace is given to people give them a bench they will snore let them sleep under a tree they will snore put them on top of a speaker they will snore for he shall have peace Jesus will never leave you in the position he found you the boy was on the bed and yet when Jesus met the boy Jesus knew that this is not it I can't look on this I can't, I can't just watch for a greater destiny like this to go waste like that I just came to tell somebody Jesus will never look on and see the, the adversary devouring you when they come up against you the Lord God will do mighty works and encompass round about you and bring you safety, redemption, salvation and the Lord will push you to your next level why? because Jesus will never leave a man the same way he found the man can I push it and, and close he is able to adjust our position. Oof. The Bible says, and Jesus uh, said to the boy, get up. And the boy got up. And the Bible says, and the boy began to talk. And Jesus gave the boy back to the mother. And a great fear fell on all the people and they glorified God. Hold it there and as uh, an exegetor, let me try to help you understand scripture. The Bible says, and when Jesus gave the boy back to the mother, great fear fell on all of them and they began Come to glorify God. The true test of your maturity is only seen when your praise is not because you had a victory, but somebody else had a victory. They were not glorifying God because they had a testimony. They were glorifying God because somebody had been given a testimony. May you grow into Christian maturity whereby you see that somebody's victory is your victory. Do you know why we have a lot of problems? We don't have Christians who are matured. They don't see that if Jeshurun does well for the kingdom, I should celebrate God because of Jeshurun. If Auntie Lizzie does well for the kingdom, I should celebrate God for Auntie Lizzie. The fact that it's not me doesn't mean it's not worthy of celebration. The true test of your maturity is only displayed when your thanksgiving has no direct relation with you. They were not praising God because they had a personal testimony. They were praising God because somebody else. Are you that matured to be able to say that God 
for me my marriage has tarried but i thank you for my sister who just got married last week can you be thankful to say god for me i don't have a child yet but this one had a twin and i am so thankful i am celebrating you because you gave twins to another can you get to that level of christian maturity whereby you know that you are another church your church is not like tmh and you'll be thankful to God that God, at least you've brought a people who are pay setters that we can follow. Can you be matured to get to that realm? To know that I might be older than the pastor, but he has more revelations that I can have in a lifetime. And I celebrate God for that. Christian maturity. That is the problem of our people. And our generation. Fear fell on them. They glorified God because of the boy. But when Jesus picked up the boy, Jesus did not give the boy to the people. Jesus gave the boy to the mother and the mother was not the one thanking. Because sometimes when you get overwhelmed and overdazed, I'm not talking about being dazed. You can be dazed by overly dazed. In my, in my place, they call it intasentasi. Obitimi shua sumna intasentasi acho. Ofa buona di atufo. No afa ashidi e hono na di atufo. Opa di e mo duche e buono afa ashidi e. Efeni intasentasi. What overly dazed? Sometimes God can overwhelm you with a miracle that you won't even have words to express yourself. That will be the time you need people around to thank God for you. I just pray that God will raise people who are grateful and thankful in this time. Well, my time is almost up, but let me wrap it up by saying this. Let me wrap it up. The Bible says, when the boy sat up on the bed, he began to speak. I have tried to read from Josephus to Beckerman to all of them from the Gnostics to the Stoics era to try to see if anybody by any figment of their imag imagination have been able to even attempt to tell us what the boy was saying. I've read through history, checked everybody who is a Bible scholar and nobody appears to have a clue of what the boy was saying but i think i have an idea i checked and nobody is saying anything the boy said but i think i have an idea because if i was the one who was going down the grave and he met me at the cemetery junction and placed his hand on my casket and broke out loose the shackles and raised me back from the dead i will have only two words to say and my words would have been thank you i wouldn't say anything more than to say thank you is there anybody who has been sent to the cemetery and yet he touched you can somebody lift up your voice and say thank you come on say thank you 
I think the only two words this young man ever spoke he looked into the eyes of the Christ and said I don't have much to say I have been through hell and hard water I've been through fire men rode over our heads they said of me there is no hell for him in his God but thou oh God you are a shield for me my glory and the lifter of my head at this point I don't have to write a long essay all that I have to say is thank you I can't say much but I can say thank you at this point, when everybody had given up on me, let me not write. Let me not say much. Looked into the eyes of Jesus and said, Jesus, all these people were carrying me to the grave. But you changed my position. Thank you. All these people were just crying for about my loss. But you could be touched. Uh, by what my mother was going through thank you you have turned my captivity around and I can say thank you is there anybody can I get somebody lifting up your right hand with me is there anybody who can say thank you to Jesus you don't have much to say you can only say thank you will you lift your voice with me and begin to say thank you whilst I even wrap it up say thank you thank you thank you thank you for your salvation thank you for your redemption thank you for saving me thank you for delivering me me thank you for healing me thank you for who you are to me thank you because if it has not been for the Lord who has been on my side then let Israel say if it has not been for the Lord if it has not been for the Lord if it has not if it has not if it has not look at me now uh, they wrote me out they told me that there is no help for me they said I was not going anywhere but if I look at myself now I can just look back and say thank you can somebody have the same testimony you can look back at yourself and say thank you heavenly father you can say thank you for how far you've brought me thank you for what you have done thank you for your grace thank you for your mercy thank you for your favor thank you for your love thank you for your power thank you for who you are thank you for what you have done thank you Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed with Destiny Word by Dr. Michael Boydi-Nyamiche. You are cordially invited to the Maker's House Chapel International, Kwabanya Off Point One. Join in on any of our services, Sunday Word, first service, 7 to 9 a.m., second service from 10 a.m. to 12 noon, teaching service on Wednesdays, 6.30 to 8 p.m., and our flagship program, The Morning Aura, on Saturdays from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. to engage in prayer and experience the supernatural. For more information about this ministry, call 0244-221-272 or 0262-731-570 or visit our website, www.themakershousechapel.org. We believe in the word in totality and the light it brings our path to experience the grace to take territories and fulfill destiny. God richly bless you.